Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit giving hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or just overrun by a complicated life. In this series called Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, you'll learn how the mind works, what motivates our choices, and find biblically-based keys to help your decision-making processes. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. My name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. Uh, welcome to Freedom to Choose, and if you're keeping score at home, this is program number 19. Could it be this simple, the way out of your prison? And, you know, we're actually, the next two programs are going to be wrapping this series up, and uh, it's I thought it's been a really good series. Uh, we're working through our workbook, and the, these next two programs, we're going to kind of fly back over them at 30,000 feet and just kind of take a look at what we looked at and, uh, you know, just pick the highlights yeah. out, kind of the main theme of, uh, of the, the principles books. The that principles, the, yeah, that, that, that are, are in the book. The yeah. Book. Yeah. Susan, would you uh, open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for an opportunity to talk about your goodness and your character and and the principles that you run this universe on. I just ask now that you would send your spirit to be with us and um, to guide our thoughts and our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't contain myself. I have to give a shout-out to Ron and Jennifer Files. They let us use their home up in Tahoe on the lake last week, and we had a just a wonderful time. So beautiful, right on the lake, dock going out on the lake, and it was just amazing. It was quiet and peaceful, and you could look out and just see God's handiwork in nature. Oh, incredible. Everywhere you looked, it was just so beautiful, and I just want to thank them so much. It was just what we needed, just what we were looking for. And you know what? I think the thing is, is I was talking to a friend about what we did up there and why it was so important. I think after, you know, we had spent so many years on in drug addiction and and taking advantage of people and and not and discounting life as a whole. Right. That when we got clean and sober, it was like, well, we don't deserve to go and take care of ourselves because right. we had been messing up so much, and right. so we never really stepped away from. You know, we were always into that do do do. Gotta yeah. gotta make up. Gotta make sure everything's right, and never actually took the time a period of time to step aside and yeah. get recharged get and recharged. that's what it yeah. was you know because yeah. of the guilt and i think the shame just keeps you driven yeah in a direction i think we're going to talk about that later on some of those principles and how um you know i think we finally this weekend up there in tahoe thanks to ron, ron and jennifer is that we finally i think overcame that barrier of being able to say okay it's okay to stop yeah yeah you know and, and ron and jen are just they're good family friends we've known them all our lives and uh and it was so nice and they told us a story they actually has a he has another cabin down river and he told us a story about when the rafters come down from the lake that they they freeze a bunch of otter pops and they give them to the rafters on the way by and i just thought about you know that's if if we could all just do those things that make life a little bit better 
that's the Christian way is to give, you know? Right. I mean, and, and I just, I had in my mind's eye, the rafters coming by, it's hot and frozen auto pot, otter pops going in the sky, you know, out there for <laughs> and them and everybody happy. And everybody's I'm, happy. Yeah. And, right. There's like this, this back and forth. And I think sometimes, you know, he, we can go back to the Christian life and say, you know, we're making sure we're going to church and we're doing all those things, but we never get engaged in people's lives. And I know it's just throwing otter pops, but you know what? That's It's those it's, little things. It's, it's the giving. Right. It's, it's, it's what are you doing when you're going to the grocery store and how are you treating the person behind the yeah. checkout stand? Yeah. What are you doing when, you know, you see an elderly person and they, you know, they can barely push their cart, let alone get their groceries. Into the, do you take the time? Are we taking the time to be like Jesus in our everyday walk? That's what it's all about. That's yeah. exactly. It's, it's the moment. Moment by moment, it's not just the worship time when we go to church and we're with like believers. It's like, what are we? What is you know? Are we truly reaching out to people the way that Jesus did? Yeah, you might be the only Bible someone gets to read. That's right. You know, and right. there and yeah. So yeah, once again, thank you, Ron and Jen. Good time, good time. Uh, so back to the book. I was going to talk a little bit about the bears up there, but uh, well, they, they spooked us a little bit, but. Because there's bears in the woods. There's bears in them <laughs> woods. Yeah, yeah. We, we took a bear trail, and I we, we went and we, we walked it, and then I told Ron we were on this certain trail, and then he goes, oh, you're on the bear trail. <laughs> I go, okay, it looked a little bit like it could have been one. So, yeah, he has on his you know his camera, he shows up, they show up two or three a night. So they're there. They're there's there. There's a lot of them going on. Uh, yeah. So anyway, let's get back to get to the book. Okay. Um, and the book is available. Give us a call or email us on our website. Our phone number is 916-645-1297 if you'd like a free copy of the workbook. You almost gave out your cell phone again, I didn't you? I almost did. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, in the beginning of the book, it makes an, uh, 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 a metaphor, if you will, or an analogy between your, 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 your being and uh, a computer. Mm-hmm. You know, the hardware, the software, and the power source. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, your hardware is your is your keyboard and your screen and, and, uh, and uh, that stuff. And then the, the software is your operating system, Windows, Excel, whatnot. And, of course, your power source is your, is your electricity. And, of course, now we, we make the, the, the comparison to the human mind as the hardware being the brain tissue, the cells, the ner- you know, the axons, the dendrites, the central nervous system, the software, which is the important part, is the package you download by mm-hmm. your experience. Right. You're not born speaking English. Right. You know, you download that by your experiences. You're not born uh, doing bad things. You download that by the crowd that you gravitate to. Mm-hmm. And as you gravitate to those crowds, you pick up bad, bad habits. Well, and or it- you can gravitate to a good crowd and pick up good habits depending on what you want to download. Right. And I think, too, though, I think that things are downloaded into our systems, like from our family of origin, mm-hmm. that are necessarily, I mean, I don't know of anybody that has like a quote-unquote normal family. Um, I think that we all human beings struggle because there's sin in this world. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we download a um, culture from our family that may not be healthy may for us. May not be healthy. Right. So right. we start to look at the world with a different lens than what Jesus ever designed us to look at the world. Sure, in. yeah, 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 exactly. And you can you can make the comparison because um, you see, if I if if I want to be a, a graphic artist, I'm gonna I'm gonna use certain software. I'm gonna mm-hmm. use you know I'm probably gonna use a Mac 
computer mm -hmm. and certain software. But if I'm going to do another, you know, like like my estimating over over where I work for, uh, you know, I got Excel spreadsheets and and Word documents and this and that. So I'm going to use those types of software way more than I'm going to use. Uh, what a graphic artist would use. Right. I would gravitate to what I need, and right. then I download that into my computer, and that's that's, and the same thing happens as we grow up mm -hmm. with our brains. Mm -hmm. We download certain things, we like certain things, we gravitate to those things, and that makes our character. Right. That's our software package. Right. So I have a question. Okay. Is what you believe important? Okay, and that's the that's the key. That's what we want to drive at because can you get a virus in your software? Absolutely. Will that virus affect the hardware eventually? Yeah, it can make the computer crash, not okay. operate anymore. Okay. You blue screen of death. Ah, ah yeah. <laughs> so, so it, will that hold true for your brain? Yes. Can you? In other words, if you if you have false beliefs, in fact, I want to go to a false belief and want to analyze it because if you have a false belief, will that damage the hardware? Will that damage the brain tissue? Will that damage the axons and the dendrites? Will that cause your brain to be Prune, will you prune parts of your brain away that you don't want to prune away, but it will naturally happen by what you believe. Right. You're changed by beholding. You're changed by beholding. If you're right. thinking angry thoughts, you're teaching your brain to become an angry brain. Correct. It's just how things are. Right. So can a false belief act like a virus? Can it cause damage? And I say it can. And, and one of the false beliefs we have in addiction is that drinking or drugs is our problem. That's right. not our problem. Right. We didn't have a problem I doing... Wasn't, no, I wasn't a problem drinker. I was a problem sober. Right. We didn't have a problem doing drugs or no, alcohol. that's not the problem. See, the problem is living inside our own skin sober. Right. We and have what a sober is, problem. We, yeah, we have a sober problem. And, and, and when I sober up, I don't like what I see. Mm -hmm. So what's the next thing to do? Re relieve yourself from that tension of... of um, right. That you have of trying to face life... On life's, on life's terms, terms. Yeah. right. Because if the alcoholic or the drug addict or the shopaholic thinks that their problem is drinking and drugs or shopping, then you know what? We have it all wrong. Those symptoms, those things are just symptoms of the disease. And the disease, of course, happens to a few people on this planet where alcohol does something for them that it doesn't do for anybody else. It's right. an allergy. Right. For me, alcohol made me taller. Mm -hmm. It made my zits go away. Mm -hmm. It made me more likable to the girls. It made so me you stronger. Thought, you, you thought I'm, it did. this is all happening in my mind, <laughs> right. right? It made me stronger. It made me braver. See, it did all these wonderful things for me, you uh -huh. see? And so these wonderful things for me that it did... Um, but the thing is, is that I think that, you know, we can our experience is out there and we understand it, but I think that we can still have um, addictions or areas of selfishness that on the outside look as though it's okay, mm -hmm. whether you be workaholic or gossiping or uh, have a judgmental spirit too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. there's- Oh yeah, there's, there's all that, go all that comes into play. Yeah. And so, um, so the other thing that we do Okay, and as we move through the book, is we break down the mind. Uh, we break down the mind in in the biblical fashion. Of course, is lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, flesh, pride of life. Right. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, flesh, pride of life. Mm -hmm. Sensualism, egotism, 
materialism, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, that is our carnal nature, sensualism, egotism, materialism. Right. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, right? Mm -hmm. Right. What's the spiritual nature? That's where we, uh, our reason resides, our conscience, and our, our center, center of worship. worship. Right. So if you can picture that at the top, right. your reason, your conscience, and your center of worship, mm -hmm. and at the bottom you picture sensualism, egotism, materialism. In other words, sensualism, I want to feel better. Materialism, I want to look better. Egotism, I already know better. Right. Right? And so that, those are pulling against your reason and your conscience all the time. And by, I don't want to say caving into that, but by... Allowing that to rule over. Yes, bottom up. Right. Bottom up is right. how we ran our lives until God gets a hold of our heart. Right. We run our lives from the bottom up. If mm -hmm. it feels good, do it. If it looks good, buy it. Mm -hmm. If you want to argue about something, don't worry about winning. Don't worry about being right. Worry about it, winning the argument mm -hmm. or at, how, at any or, cost. Or how you're treating people. Right. As you're, as doing you're doing it. it. Right. Yeah. How are you treating people as you're doing drugs? As you're, How you're treating people as you're spending money you shouldn't spend on certain things or gambling it away. It mm -hmm. always comes at a cost. When you, ma when you manage from the bottom up, it always comes at a cost to someone else. Right. Always. And in the long run, it actually will cost you. It's just that those consequences are always delayed. Yeah. Yep. And, and you, you're not going to see the ripple effect either until you look back. And I think that's the heart change when God Deception, gives, right? <laughs> yeah, because right along, you know, we've always said it. We've said it in prison. You're going down the road. you got a beer between your legs. You're doing 90 miles an hour. you got it going on, right? Right. And then what happens? You're in the back of the cop car, handcuffed, and you just realize that you did not have it going on. And this is what happens. And so you get that little tap on the shoulder, hopefully, that, hey, your way's not working. Mm -hmm. Your way is not working. And so um, I know that's that's my experience. That's what happened to me. Right. Was, you know, hey, Rich, 25 years, actually 41 years your way has not worked. Mm -hmm. It's try time to try something new. Manage from the top down, not from the bottom and up. And a lot of times we need that it's only the power of God that can restore us to any sense of reason. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes a while to, to restore you know, and I think when, if you're struggling with people who have problems in the area of addiction, you need people to, you need to give people time and to pray for them and to recognize that they're still growing and, mm -hmm. and uh, if they've just become children of God, that God allows them to grow at, at their own pace. And, mm -hmm. and um, as long as they're following him, it does happen. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. miracle happens. The miracle happens. Mm -hmm. And that, that's the, that's the great part. Now, as you break down the mind, and if you want to, if you want to do a little bit of a, I don't know what to call it, a game, an experiment, mm -hmm. uh, make a pie graph, and at the end of the day, put everything that you thought about, everything you dwelt on. Scary, isn't it? Yeah. Everything you dwelt on, and, and make a pie graph out of it, and you will see. Or what you spent your time doing, doing right? or dwelling upon. Right. Right, and that will tell you what you're worshiping. Right. It's scary, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what are you putting in your worship area? Mm -hmm. And uh, Because, yeah, so worship just isn't, as, just isn't a time that you go two, three hours on a day to a church or synagogue or whatever. Um, it's really how you're spending your time throughout your day. Yep. What, your, what your main focus is or what's, giving, what's getting your attention. Yeah. Is it 
is it satisfying what you want to do mm-hmm. or is it serving others? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, remember we, and we talked about it in several programs when Jesus realized that all power on heaven and earth had been given to him. What did he do? Mm-hmm. Girded his loins and washed a dozen pair of dirty feet. Right. He served others. I mm-hmm. mean, most powerful being in the universe. Mm-hmm. It's mind boggling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mind boggling. And so anything you put in that, in the place of God to make yourself feel better or look better or whatever, it's replacing God, right? Mm-hmm. It's a power thing. It's not a God thing. It gives you power to validate your self-worth. So what do I mean by that? We're constantly, our, our, I don't know about you, but we're constantly condemning ourselves, aren't we? I am mm-hmm. in my head. Well, I think I do too. I'm just more silent. I know. I guess I'm not so silent. I mean, yeah. I mean, we do it all the yeah. time, don't we? I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. Right. Oh, I wish I would have. You know, and it's just constantly. You're right. Right. And then trying to validate our self worth by maybe buying something or doing something, mm-hmm. go help somebody for the wrong reason, mm-hmm. because that puts us in control of the validation of our self worth. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird thing. Mm-hmm. But see, if we can continue to go outward, we're in control of our own validation of our self worth. Right. Where's our self-worth come from? It only comes from God. That's it. Right. See? But that's the, that's the sin problem, is man trying to stay in control of the way he feels about himself by using external things. Right. And that was interesting, because I think we talked about it um, this past couple of days, about how Jesus lived his life and how he um, had like no made no plans for himself. I I I can't I don't know. I just can't seem to grasp that in my mind as to how I'm supposed to do that today. How do you, you know, live within this world and not make the plans? You know you know well, what I mean? Well, I think mean? you make plans, but I think when life comes at you, you got to be able to say, well, "Okay, well, didn't work out the way I planned." Right. I'm okay with that. Right. Things just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So, okay, what's next? Let's let's regroup and make but the, plans. You know, it was just amazing how he was just always open to whatever came to him uh-huh. to be able to minister to people. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So um, when we talk about condemning, um, we condemn ourselves. God doesn't have to. I think it's our own conscience that that um, bears that out. I think we talk to about Paul. We right. were talking about Paul in Romans. What's he doing in Romans 7? You know uh, what he's doing? What? He's condemning himself. Right. Right. He's going through there. And he says, a good that I want to do, I can't do. Mm-hmm. I don't do. And that mm-hmm. that I don't want to do, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. He's frustrated. Mm-hmm. Right. He's trying the very best he can. But one thing he says in Romans 8, what's he say? Praise be to God that. Yeah. He says, Jesus is not condemning me. Right. Thank, thank, thank the Lord there's no condemnation in Jesus. So I don't have to worry about him, you know. But see, Paul realizes in Romans 7 that he can't control his nature. Well, it's the law of sin in his members, he says. Yeah. And that we can go back to that thing, to the um, what we were talking about, the brain. Mm-hmm. You know, he has pruned away and, and programmed that law of sin into his mind. So therefore... It's there, and even though God is working on him, it's still there. Yeah, he still has that battle with that old man. Yeah, he's still packing around that brain that, that he did all the brain damage to because he had a wrong picture of God. Right. Right? Right, because the, he doesn't have a legal problem with God because with him, 
you know, he did everything correct. He tells us he that he, us he was that. blameless in right. everything that he did. You know, and I, I, I think of myself, because see, Paul's addiction was different. Mm-hmm. It was a religious, zealous addiction mm-hmm. where he actually Power. went and he drugged people, women and children, out of homes to either put them in prison or have them to be thrown to the lions. And he really had he really had an issue with that. And and I apply this to my life. In my addiction, I was seldom right, but never in doubt. Mm-hmm. Seldom right but never in doubt. And that's where Paul was up until his conversion. Mm-hmm. And God, when he knocked him off his horse, he said, you're having trouble with your conscience, aren't you, Paul? Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing is not quite right. Mm-hmm. But you've been maintaining you've been right all along. In fact, you even went to the Sanhedrin to get the marching orders. You really want to fulfill this, but you're having trouble with your conscience, mm-hmm. aren't you? You know. And then Paul had to realize that he was never in doubt, but he was very seldom right. And that is a huge, huge realization to come to. So, you know what, and there's a, a something, a text in Romans that he comes to, and he says, um, well, it says about God, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. We need to read the, okay, so we need to read the whole text. How does God repay? Evil for evil? Or let's read it. Okay, because that's a picture of God that Paul had. Right, right. Was he was going to go out. And take vengeance on these people. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what's the whole text say? Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give gi- uh, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will replace, pay, saith the Lord. Now, there's a word right after that it says, Therefore. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him a drink. For in doing so thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. How does God get vengeance? He overcomes evil with good. Yeah, and he uses us to do it. He's instru- There's the instruction manual, manual right there. It'll be like heaping coals of fire on someone's head if you just... I mean, remember, how do you think the Pharisees felt when Jesus just wrote their sins in the dust? And mm-hmm. he knew they knew that he knew, and he could have lambasted them, but he didn't. Right. He protected their reputation. Right. The woman thrown down in adultery, he protected her reputation. Peter and Judas, when he washed their feet, he looked at them with the same face, and he protected their reputation. And you see Jesus doing that all the way. It was like heaping coals of fire, especially Peter after he denied Jesus like Jesus said he would. He remembered him washing his feet Mm -hmm. and how kind he was, and he knew that Jesus knew. Right. And it's just, and that's how God, because God's objective is to win everybody. Right. He's not going to do that by censure. He's not going to do that by coercion. Love Or force. Or force. Love awakens love. Right. That's how it works. That's how the universe works. And so God, he says, vengeance is mine. I'll repair it. And then repay. And then he, there's the instruction manual right there. If you work for me, if you're going to serve me, this is how we do it. And it's pretty amazing, isn't it? It is. And so we look in our lives because Jesus goes through his whole, li- his whole life and they're treating him lousy and he's treating everybody with kindness and healing and gentleness and meekness and, and all those descriptions, the fruits of the Spirit that, that are, are there in his being, mm-hmm. you know. And, the, and you don't get those fruits of the Spirit by running around being coercive and angry because you know that changes your brain. Mm-hmm. So if we're going, 
And the thing is, too, is I think God wants us to experience the fruit of the Spirit today and not wait because you are, you know, developing your character. Exactly. And the only way you can develop your character is to use that spiritual nature, mm-hmm. your reason, your conscience, and your center of worship. And the only way that works is putting the right thing in that center of worship. And that would be that Jesus that we see through the Gospels, that Jesus that we that Paul talks about, that Jesus that doesn't come condemn the woman that's thrown down in adultery, that Jesus that didn't condemn me for my past life of, of whatever it was I did, you know? I'm not condemned for that. I've got enough going on between my ears, right? Right. And that's enough. And and God says, just come to me and let me fix that. Let me heal that. And that's that. what he wants us to communicate to everyone we come in contact with. Yep, that's what he wants. Um, so anyway, we're about ready to wrap it up here. Uh, you can give us a call at 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There truly is hope for people whose lives might be overrun with hard decisions, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan are living testimonials that biblical principles do work, and they've put together a workbook with Dr. Timothy Jennings to move yourself or those you love towards freedom. If you would like to order this new workbook called Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.